Also, you know, have food on hand so you don't have to like leave the bike. And if you have a continuous glucose monitor, just keep checking it and like write down what you do. So then you can try to replicate that on subsequent rides, especially if you're like trying a different kind of ride. Like if you're doing a 45 minute ride versus a 30 minute ride, or doing like a climb ride versus a, an endurance I don't ride. Know, something else. Yeah. So like I would write down like what you do and what time of day and what you did before the exercise and just kind of like keep a diary of that sort of stuff because it can help you with figuring out patterns and maybe what works better for you than something else. So it's more than just your output, more than a bike. When you hear your shout out, you know it's all right. Welcome to the Clip Out Podcast, episode 245. This is Crystal O'Keefe. And this is Tom O'Keefe. Wait, wait, wait. what I do? I said episode 245. It's episode 249. What is wrong with you? I think I still have anesthesia in my system. <laughs> well, since it was a colonoscopy, I guess there are worse things to still have in your system. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that is true. Sorry, did I just violate HIPAA? <laughs> yes. Yes, you did. <laughs> I do not work in the healthcare industry, and I am not your employer. If anything, it's the other way around. You're my employer. <laughs> that was a very public HIPAA display, so yes. thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you you had your colonoscopy because uh, you're you're not of the right age. But we had, but when I got mine, there was a coupon. So <laughs> no, but we have. I have family history, and there were there were concerns. So yeah, um, so. so we went ahead and and did it. Uh, did for anybody out there who I had told insurance wouldn't pay. Well, things changed, so insurance did pay. All is well. Woo-hoo. All is well. So Yes. And I passed with flying colors. Yes. So all is that well. That color is brown. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. People right now are like, oh my uh, God. Stop talking. <laughs> right at the top of the show. It's yeah, so I mean, gross. We like to let you guys in yeah. on our lives. So look, man, it's episode two forty five. Two forty nine. You know you've had two hundred and forty four other episodes. Two hundred and forty eight to know what I'm like. So you have no one to blame but yourself. Oh goodness. If you want a podcast full of non poop jokes, I would recommend Fitness Flipped. <laughs> I feel very confident there will be a lack of poop jokes on Fitness Flip. Yeah, I think that's so, a safe bet. That is a safe bet. That is, that is my gift to you. You're welcome. We should also say, because who wouldn't want to hang out with us after hearing all that? Right. We are going to be in Miami on March 24th, so in just a few weeks, and yeah. we've picked our locale. We've decided we're going to hit Monty's Coconut Grove. Yeah, and you said it's the 24th that we're having this, right? Correct. This is, this is our big yes. get-together. So, yeah, we're going to do that. And, and so there'll be a, an event set up. I'll post in the Facebook group so with all the details. So if you live in the Miami area and you would like to come hang out, we would love to see you we would that would be a lot of fun i'd love to meet people in person i love it i love it i love it yes so uh anyway what pray tell do you have in store for people this week we're gonna talk apple watch we are gonna talk encore only classes 
We're going to talk about Little Guy Front and Back, and I will explain. Uh, <laughs> Superset listeners don't need an explanation. That's true. That is These true. These are the Little Guy Front and Back. Uh, it's just an example of what you're missing out on if you don't listen to the Superset, <laughs> which is the tonal version of the clip out. <laughs> but this Little Guy Front and Back is about Peloton. Yes. Uh, there are, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of updates on lawsuits we got to get to. It's like, there's so many. So, there's so, so many. many. We're going to talk about Peloton's new podcast fitness flipped we're going to talk about all kinds of things that the instructors are up to we have a visit from dr jen how to get your motivation back because we're in march you probably need a little update on the motivation yes and we have a visit from angelo at metpro talking about how much protein you need while you're doing strength training that one's for mojo mike he knows who's who he is we've got our artist collaboration we've got a past guest update we've, we've got, got so multiple many things. past guest updates that is true that i is think it's the most point. past guest updates ever in fact we have one for each episode we have 244 Past guest updates. Okay. First of all, the number would be 248. Oh, but you said 245 was the episode number, so I got confused. And second of all, <laughs> I'm not putting anyone through 240 <laughs> anything. It's going to be like episode 48. They're still fine. <laughs> episode 49, doing okay. <laughs> episode 50. We don't like them anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm kidding. I don't even I know, know what episode 50 is. I'm like, joking. I'm joking. I'm look up who that is. They're going to be mad. <laughs> they probably don't even still listen. Wait, was episode 50 your interview with Foley? <laughs> I still love Foley. Yeah, I think it might have been, actually. <laughs> that's really funny. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. That's normally it's me that says inflammatory things so well it's the it's the anesthesia so i invite you all to at her <laughs> oh wow <laughs> wow okay well you're back to inflammatory yeah <laughs> i got a brand to protect you you like upped your game so i have to get even crazier now oh, dear so God. <laughs> uh, before we get to all that shameless plugs don't forget we're available on apple Podcasts, spotify google podcast tune in iheart Wherever you find a podcast, you can find us while you're there. Be sure and follow us so you never miss an episode. And also, if you'd be so kind, maybe leave a review so people that come along after you know we're worth checking out. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the clip out while you're there like the page join the group you can start conversations better in the group it's just a way to stay up to date on things throughout the week or get tips on where we're going to be right like we were just talking about yeah Miami. you can that's where you can submit questions for dr jen yeah you can submit questions for angelo that's the best place to do it absolutely and you can also uh what uh, sign up for our mailing list at the where you will get all the links and everything sent to you in a nice easy to digest digest yes that that's how that works i'll use it as a verb and a noun okay. back to back okay and finally don't forget that you can watch all of these episodes you can stare into my eyes and uh check us out on youtube youtube.com slash the clip out so uh i guess that's all of that let's uh let's dig in shall we we shall peloton in the news at long last apple watch integration Yes. Is upon us. It finally paid off that I went Apple. Yes. <laughs> uh, seriously, though, we have been talking about this for months, like yes. months. We knew about this coming. Peloton Profit paid us to visit way back when. Way and back. Way, when. way, way back when they said, hey, 
this is happening. And uh, it's going to be for anybody who hasn't heard us talk about this ad nauseum. The deal is you can use this with any Peloton equipment. It appears to be easy to use with anything Peloton with the exception of Apple TV, everything else it's working on. So iPad, whatever, it's all happening. So it's really cool. And it's super easy. All you have to do is make sure that your Apple Watch and Peloton are connected, first of all. And once that happens, then you just go to the equipment, you hit the little I where it says Peloton Apple Watch. Okay, so you click the button that says heart rate monitor, then there's an I at the top right hand corner, it says Peloton Apple Watch, you click that, it finds it, it says, Oh, go to your watch, turn it on, and you do that. You just click the button, and boom, it connects. That's it. And yes, it closes your rings. It closes your rings. It's very exciting. Awesome. And one little quirk, though, is that you have to wear it on your ankle. So <laughs> no, no, come on. I was no. people were going to wear it on their ankle for yeah, no there, reason. There it was going to be funny. But the thing is, there was a whole thing about Fitbits and people doing that a few years ago. Oh, was there? Yeah. So I just I don't Why? want people because Fitbit used to be all about tracking your steps, and on the bike it doesn't track your steps because it's on your wrist. Oh. So people started wearing it on their ankle so they could have they could win walk challenges. It kind of always drove me crazy and so i don't want to restart that all over again (laughs) i didn't realize i was lumbering into an area of Mm -hmm, controversy mm -hmm. there's a lot of controversies that have happened over the years tom i got them all filed away right here yes i know (laughs) yes i know so uh anyway wear it on your ankle that's the takeaway here no what (laughs) sorry is that was that not a takeaway i was only half listening exactly yeah (laughs) Also, uh, we should talk about the fact that a lot of classes, what from March 20th through 22nd through the 22nd, just all of a sudden mysteriously insert mysterious sound effect here. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) I really doubt they did. No, if they they did, it really ruined the joke. So uh, have been flipped to Encore. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's just, on repeats. Mm-hmm. And uh, okay, so here's the theories that I've been hearing today. Okay. All right. We've got theory number one. It's some kind of holiday that none of us understand or observe. For example, people would put this under things like World Mental Health Day. Uh, whenever everything just kind of went dark for, you know, a weekend. Okay. Um, or like over the Christmas holiday, you know, things go silent. I negate this theory. I do not think that is true because they have never once done that three days in a row during the work week. So I do not think that's what this is. Okay. Okay. Theory number two. Then we have, okay, okay. Well, it must be a big Peloton company-wide retreat. Okay, I say no to that one too. Uh, here's my my reasoning for that. They have no freaking money. And if they're spending all that money to have a worldwide Peloton retreat for three days. Bad optics. Very bad optics. Yeah. So for God's sakes, Uncle Barry, don't do it. <laughs> um, and then the third and I think most reasonable is the guide will be released. We know it was supposed to happen in April. Or they're doing some kind of like big shoot like for all the content for it, right. something happening with a new yeah, product. Maybe not the guy, because that was supposed to be April. But anyway. Because it's foreign classes, too. Like, it's not just, right? Yeah, It's both studios completely right. closed. That's why I don't think it's a company-wide retreat. Right. Um, but it's also three days during the week. So, well, it starts on Sunday, and then it's Monday and Tuesday. So it's just very odd timing. I don't know. I think they're all taking off work to see the Batman. 
Well, it is a long ass movie. It is, yeah. it is a ridiculously <laughs> long is, ass movie. So maybe, yeah, maybe Tom. I love me some Batman, but that was a long movie. It was too long. Yeah. <laughs> For anybody out there who loves Batman and disagrees, I don't care. It was yes. too long. And if you would too like long. more of my take, go to the latest episode of Real Spoilers. <laughs> yes. My take's not there. So I'll just tell you here. Yeah. Too long. Too long. So we have new uh, class detail description thing stuff. We do. <laughs> So that is to say, whenever you go to the class and you look to see under additional information for the class plan, it now breaks it up into how many movements there are during warm up, how many during running, full body, again to running and full body and running whenever there's a boot camp. So it kind of goes back and forth. Okay. So and then also breaks down. Yeah. You go to the next screen and for anyone not looking at the screen, we're showing pictures of what these screens look like because not everybody has it yet. This only went out to a few people for whatever reason on the app. So this is not on the computer. This is not on your bike. This is on the app. Okay. Um, And it breaks down the class and it says how much cardio you're doing on the machine and how much you're doing on the floor. So it, it breaks down like the jog is 20%, walking is 5%, drills is 3%, transition is 0%. And then it shows that 71% of the class is running intervals. So it's very helpful to be able to see this. Oh, awesome. And then finally, you get the debut of Peloton's version of Lil Guy front and back. Yes. And it's blue instead of green. Sure. So I'll give them that. But it's the same dude. And um, <laughs> <laughs> it is. They totally stole they totally we should stole explain Tonal's. for non-superset listeners that, <laughs> that Tonal has been doing this for a long time now. Yes. And it, just to show you which muscle areas a particular move is focusing on. Right. And so this is going to show, hey, this is what the entire class covered. Now, Peloton did do it a little bit differently. So good for them. They have it broken down by muscle group percentage. So the darker the color, the more time you spent on that body group. So, for example, in this image, it shows hamstrings is 17%. And you can see that the hamstrings and the quads, also 17%, are the darkest color that that are they're lit up. And then calves go down to 16%. It's a little bit lighter. Glutes, 14%, 12% for core, which is a much paler. And then they just kind of have other at 24%. So this will be helpful for people who are using this for strength classes. Also, I got a note from the Peloton Prophet. Yes. And they said, this new feature was designed for and is best used with the guide. You will get feedback on your best and worst movements post-class and this data will also power recommendations for what strength classes to take next. There you go. So there you go. That is the absolute newest information found nowhere else because we're the only ones that have it. Yeah. A harbinger or harbinger. Yeah. Depending on how you like to pronounce that word. That's true. That's true. Of things to come. Absolutely. But uh, the important thing here is it's called little guy front and back. Let's that is just, the important thing. Let's just lock that in. Mm-hmm. It's, it's already I've already staked my claim. Mm-hmm. Little guy front and back. Yeah. So last week, uh, John Foley sent out a company wide email. No, you're not listening to an old episode. <laughs> no, that's the interesting. <laughs> that's one of the interesting things. Instantly looking at their phones or their car stereos like what? What? Foley sent out an email. How did I load an episode from six weeks ago? <laughs> right. No, no. But we thought we thought, hey, why didn't Bear Bear send this out? Yeah. I don't know why Bear Bear didn't send it out. But the well, he's older. He might not have the email yet. That's true. He's, he's still trying that's to figure true. out the email. Machine. 
machine. Well, he's kind of busy doing the rounds, making crabby comments. <laughs> so maybe he's just busy. But at any rate, um, Foley sent out this email and he said, hey, as you might know, we've been involved in ongoing litigation around the patented leaderboard yeah, technology. Say, you got to narrow that down. I was. I wasn't yeah. done. I wasn't done. Uh, so he says that their competitors have copied this technology and they have been defending their intellectual property for several years now. We all know that. So this was on March 3rd. This says yesterday, which would have been March 3rd, the U.S. Patent Office declared one of our earliest leaderboard patents to be valid, rejecting the challenges brought against it by some of our competitors. This ruling confirms that the leaderboard technology we invented, which powers our unique in-class experience, has been formally recognized as the innovation it is. And anyone who uses it is in the way our patent details, which is an important to note, is at risk of infringing RIP. Uh, so are we done? No. No, we're far from done because no. there's all this uh, this equipment out there that is using it. Right. Now, the interesting thing is that the little note in the way our patent details, because when you get into patent law, and I only know this because one of our friendly patent lawyers sent me a very lengthy explanation of patent law. My eyes might have glazed, but he said <laughs> it very well. It's just patent law can only interest me for so long that uh, basically it's all about how a patent get used gets used, not necessarily just what the content of it is. So that seems to be a really big key in this discussion. So when it comes down to is iFit infringing, is Echelon infringing, that's going to come down to are they using it in the same way? How are they putting forth that information? So, Interesting. Mm -hmm. So, but the, he sure seemed to think it was a big deal. It is a big deal. It is a major milestone. It is just far from over. <laughs> it's also, it's still very fascinating that he sent out that email, especially in light of everything that's transpired over the last few weeks that he kind of popped up to be like, hey, I did a thing. I got a lot of comments back about this whenever I put that out there, Tom. Mm -hmm. And the general consensus seems to be that it's because... Foley was so integral in that discussion and it was his baby like sure. from the beginning. And yeah. so because he always has been involved in this level of the patent that it made sense for him to send it out. Um, there were people that agreed they had some side eye. Yeah. <laughs> and while we're discussing uh, Foley, uh, oh. the uh, New York Post in a snarky headline referred to him as down on his luck peloton founder yeah and for all you out there saying oh don't listen to new york post well there's a whole bunch of outlets reporting this this just happened to be the first one it was yeah. in um but apparently i mean it looks like it's true it wasn't said very well i will give you that yeah. it is it is made to be an attention grabbing headline and um but he uh has to say, we didn't actually say what the headline was oh <laughs> i thought you did no sorry that's okay but that he is selling his uh his Hamptons estate that he had recently purchased that then everyone was apoplectic over mm -hmm. when the stock dropped. Yeah. So the timeline on that was he had a four million dollar Hampton house. Yes. Sold it. Then went and bought a fifty five million dollar Hampton mansion uh, and then was told to leave Peloton and then now is shopping that. Yes. And it will be at a loss, apparently. Yeah. I mean, any almost any time you sell a house that quickly. You're going to lose money. Yeah, but, but there's yeah. a big difference between he's quietly shopping it and it's like for sale, you know? Yeah. I don't know. They're act I, it's, it still seems very dramatic. It does, but that's also what the New York Post does. Yeah, the theory, again, this is just a theory, is that he got a margin call on his um, 
his stock shares. So, so mm-hmm. yeah, that's again, just conjecture, mm-hmm. but, uh, but that's what, you know, people were bandying about. Yes. No clue if that's true. I hope the Foley's are well. So Peloton is extending its free home trial from 30 to 100 days. Yeah, so I've got so many things to say about this. Uh, people were telling me that there there are actually people that during the summer mm-hmm. will do a they'll have one of these delivered to oh, their to, summer home, to like their summer home, and then they'll send it back. And this is only going to make that worse. Well, maybe. Um, no, yeah, we'll make it worse. Mm-hmm. I lost track of what time of year it was. Mm-hmm. I was like, maybe they'll make it stop in the. It, it yeah. is. It is only until for whatever reason 3 a.m on march 22nd so it's not long it's not it's not long so maybe that's part of why yeah. it's not long i don't know but yeah they're really pushing it hard too on social media uh that it's it's 100 days you have 100 days interesting so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i wonder if maybe it's because they they extended the because here's a really shitty theory theory oh, like kind of mean one did they extend the free trial period because they had a a, lo- a backlog of people wanting to send them back <laughs> and they didn't have the manpower oh. sorry people power whatever however you say that these days to go pick them up so they extended the trial period just just dark douchebaggery of a theory just throwing <sighs> that out there i have no reason to think that that is true <laughs> but ugh. <laughs> <laughs> also they're offering a 300 dollars discount on Bikes and treads. Yeah. Now, now this is fascinating because they sent out secret codes. And when I say they sent out secret codes, what I mean is everybody who has an account, if you're an account owner, right. not an app person, like you have a, a bike or you okay. have a tread and you are the main account holder, you already have a code. Okay. Right. But this is in addition to that. They sent out five codes. You could forward it on to five people to each owner and now that if you send that code on it's a $300 discount and that applies to either the bike the bike plus or the tread so um, I just found that really fascinating like they went around their own codes to give a bigger discount but it's having a lot of success like people are copying it talking about it like crazy I've seen it posted like a bazillion times so people are very excited well, I guess if it's working. Yeah. So at long last, the official Peloton podcast, Fitness Flipped, has been released. It has. Uh, so this week's the theme was stress. And uh, she had two guests, comedian. I don't know who these people are. And <laughs> Helen Peterson. And there is a comedian, which I know. OK, so her Instagram name is Dope Queen Phoebes. But I know it's like Phoebe something. Yeah, I don't like remember. Phoebe Robertson. Yeah, maybe. something, something like, that. like that. Yeah. Uh, people were saying that she's really funny. I haven't I haven't gotten a chance to listen to any of it other than what you played for me the other night, which was just the beginning. Yeah. So you but, can. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I thought it, again, thought it was interesting that this went from a Spotify original to yes, that's now what I was getting ready to it's say. available on all platforms. And there was also something interesting that Tunic kind of snuck by uh, in the opening episode, which is she referred to it as the first season of Fitness Flipped. So which leads me to believe that it'll be weekly within a set of episodes and then take a break and then come back and do more. Well, I, I think also we need to mention that it, it says right here, it's our first ever podcast. As I said, when we first talked about this, this is 
this is going to be all of the 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 instructors that are over on Instagram. So we're going to see one from Kendall. Yeah. We're going to see one from Robin. There's going to be a bazillion of them. So what they're going to do is have multiple seasons. It's just like what they're doing on the bike for like Just King Experience or, yeah. you know, whatever. So there's going to be tons of them. And uh, the other thing is, is that if you uh, like to do outdoor walks, you can listen to them in the Peloton app as an outdoor walk. So... There you go. And now that's listed under walks, under classes as a like separate thing that says podcasts. A website I've never heard of called videoweek.com mm-hmm. had an article about will Peloton become a content company? Yeah. Um, and I thought this article was interesting because it talked about like, OK, there was last week we discussed an article and a quote from Barry McCarthy that talked about, are we going to open up this API? Is it going to be more like of open source? Mm-hmm. OK. I took that to be thinking about third parties giving information or perhaps advertising or perhaps doing, you know, um, adding on features to the bike. But this version interpreted it to be content. So they heard it as other companies could have fitness content on Peloton equipment, which I thought was very interesting because that never occurred to me. Yeah. And they were like, well, I hope that it doesn't, because if it does, then people who love Peloton are now going to be frustrated because now they're going to have to hunt for quality content. It's, you know, one of the things that's brilliant about Peloton is that you hop on and even if it's an instructor that's not your favorite, like it's not somebody that you gel with, there are, you know, you're getting a quality workout. You know, you're going to have a good workout i just have a hard time believing that they're gonna let other people come in and put content on their platform i agree it just i agree but i thought it was an interesting thought because it was not anything i i had not it was just totally different from my interpretation right. so i thought it was worth mentioning because i mean at this point i keep telling people this i knew peloton and how they ran things because there were people understood how they thought running the company that is no more now there is a bunch of people i do not understand and i don't i don't necessarily agree with or think the way they do and so therefore anything could happen sure i mean Um, i could see somebody short term being like hey somebody wants to pay us a bunch of money it just seems like i agree it would be a terrible idea yeah i just thought it was fascinating it is Architectural Digest, there's something we talk about all the time, uh, has an article, uh, 13 self-care and wellness products designers swear by. And so just uh, ways that they say to to make, I guess, the the homes and offices you're designing look even cooler and more trendy. And one of the things they have on the list is a Peloton tread. Yeah, I I love it. It's yet again another way to get clicks. Like that really is all this is, right? Yeah. Why else do we need to know what architect like designers swear by? Who cares? But I mean, I guess if you read an <laughs> architectural digest, that's something you care about. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I think I would just go to fitness people in general to find out what they think is best instead of But I think that they're <laughs> saying it's not about they're not critiquing the treadmill on its effectiveness they're critiquing it on its design and impact visually in a design setting oh i totally heard that differently that's interesting see this is why i include things because you know i just that's totally not the way i heard it they're saying (laughs) if you want this new apartment you designed to look super cool don't just put in a treadmill put in a peloton treadmill okay yeah that's definitely not what i hear but all right 
I mean, I'm just I like that's how I took it because it's architectural digest. I don't know if you read the quote. It says nothing about that. I know, but <laughs> but, what, but what? this is like when you review movies and you say you're not supposed to tell the story for them. I think you just wrote in a whole extra story. No, I Tom. just like that's the whole purpose of this thing, and so yeah, I think it's, it's like just a way to. Get they're trying clicks. to create a, like uh, spaces that are aspirational. Sure. Like when you have someone stage your home. Okay. Peloton in court. Who's suing Peloton now? So Law 360 is reporting that Peloton countersues saying Nordatrack is the IP thief. Yes. So it's yes. uh it's this falls under the uh legal precedent. I did a little bit of I had some legal research when I was in college, and this falls under the uh, legal precedent setting case of I'm rubber and your glue. Nana, nana, nana. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I know we can't read this whole article, but you kind of don't need to because <laughs> it's the, the general gist. And really, it relates back to what we were just talking about, right? Like, it's it, there's this constant thing going back and forth about IP. Yeah. Um, and so it will be interesting. But they are specifically asking the U.S. International Trade Commission to block the rival stationary bikes treadmills and rowers because of those alleged patent violation so do you think this is a a result of the email foley sent that we discussed earlier because that email comes out on on march 3rd this article is from march 4th that's that's exactly what i'm saying yes so yes (laughs) good times yeah they move quickly yes they do clip out you know, getting stronger is hard work, but that doesn't mean it can't be fun. That's right. Uh, fight camp is the perfect way to blur the line between fitness and having fun. Gaming, specifically. Totally. Fight Camp brings the best workout in the world into your home and makes it fun. You can learn to box and kickbox from home with access to world-class programming, elite trainers, premium equipment, and smart technology that turns your workout into an interactive experience. But most importantly, you get to punch stuff. (laughs) Which is my favorite part. (laughs) Also, it is a full-body workout. Boxing is combined with plyometric workouts. It brings the best of both cardio and strength training into one. It gives you an intense, full body workout and we promise you will be sore fight camp comes with all the gear you need to start boxing from home including a freestanding punching bag boxing gloves quick hand wraps and smart punch trackers and it takes up less space than you think if you have enough room to do a push-up you have enough room for a fight camp Fight Camp is also one of the only home workouts that's safe for kids to do because there's no heavy weights or spinning wheels, so you can get the whole family involved. Fight Camp offers easy payments so you can get your equipment and get started now. Pay over 24 months for less than the cost of a gym membership. Plus, Fight Camp offers free shipping with 30-day money-back guarantee. Just go to fightcamp.com slash clip. To get free shipping on your Fight Camp, go to fightcamp.com slash clip. That's fightcamp.com slash clip. Run, lift, and live with John Mills. Joining us once again via the magic of ZoomTube, it's John Mills. Hey, John, how's it going? Hi. What's going on? Oh, that energy. I love it. Ready to go. Freshly right. pressed grandpa shark shirt. You're all right. ready to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm down 20 pounds, you know. I nice. saw you post about that. Slim and so trim, exciting. You know? Well, you know, I've been, I knew, I've known for a long time that if I could get down to 190, that's at the point where my blood pressure medicine goes away. Oh, okay. I've known that for years. And, so, and I've always, I'll drop, I'll get down to 195. 
And then then I'll go up to 220. Yeah. Oh, then yeah. I'll get down to 198. Then I'll go back up to 220. <laughs> and so I, it sounds like I me, except totally... you're a foot taller. You need the goal to be 180 <laughs> instead of 190. That's what you need. So, <laughs> right. So this is the first time that Erica's like, you know what? I'm tired of hearing this. It's crazy. We're doing it. So now Erica's just like hard and fat. Don't eat that. Drink this. Don't drink that. Don't eat right now. Go work out. I love and Erica. So now, She's, I feel like Erica and I have a lot in common when you talk about how she she addresses your we're doing yeah. this. Erica is we're a doing born, this. She's a born project manager. You just need oh, to let yeah. her know. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. So I'm down to 198. So I'm eight pounds away. Congrats. And she said the same thing as you. She like the goal ain't you, know, you, you thought the goal was 190. We're, we're going to 185. I think that's, that's perfect. I think that's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Gotta give yourself a little wiggle room. Yeah. Yeah. Because then if you stop at 190, boom, you did it. <laughs> that's right. Then I'm like, okay, what now? <laughs> Stay. <laughs> <laughs> Maintenance, John. Maintenance. Maintenance. That's right. Yeah, when Crystal started working from Met Pro, I was like, please, dear God, don't make her my coach. <laughs> Well, right back oh at you. I said, please do not make Tom my client. I, all he eats is tomato sauce and chicken tenders. <laughs> naked like, chicken tenders. Naked chicken, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess we should uh, dig into the topics proper. Oh, yeah, uh, you yeah. found an interesting story this week. Uh, Peloton counters iFit asks trade agency to block imports. Yeah, we mentioned this very briefly oh, earlier. But uh, John, what are your thoughts on this? Well, you know, this is like this is like a tug of war because, you know, back in January, I I fit asked the same thing. Right. Right. So, right. so there was some type of upholding of a particular patent of IFITS on January 31st. I don't remember the details of that. Yeah, I don't either. But it, well, I do remember I, it was something to do with a patent that allowed for moving from riding to lifting. And so it was That's like That's right. It had something like to do with on weights the, on the weights on the bike cuz right. you were like, "Oh, does right. that mean we've all been infringing and we were going to get shirts right. we all been infringing. which we never did." Yeah. <laughs> it was like a combination of that bar on OD classes telling you, "Oh, it's time to lift weight now." And the yeah. fact that you had weights and that the screen could turn if you got off the bike. It was like a combination of all those things was in this patent. And uh, so basically in late January, the court said they, they ruled that Peloton didn't intentionally infringe. Now, back then, I thought that was a win. But when you reread it, they didn't say they didn't infringe. They said they didn't intentionally. Mm. So on February 2nd, IFIT then goes to the International Trade Commission and says, stop Peloton from importing any of these bike pluses. I guess bike pluses because the screen turns. Right. I guess. But they only said bike pluses. So nothing came of that until... Three days ago, the uh, International uh, Trade Commission now ha are, is probing. Now they're actually probing to say maybe we should stop Peloton. Well, Peloton, this is a similar thing, right? Just, I don't know, a few weeks ago or just a few days ago, I think. Probably it was, it was on the 3rd, March 3rd, that Peloton got their patent upheld, right? Right. And that was about the leaderboard. And right. I think that was relative to Echelon challenging the patent. Echelon I, was oh, it. I thought it was Nordic Track and iFit as well. Yeah, I know. I know they're a part of it, but I think the particular challenge came directly from Echelon. And the courts went, although Echelon presented a strong case, the success of Peloton was clearly based on this leaderboard. So we're upholding that patent. And the very next day, you see this. 
Same thing with that IFIT did back January 31st, like the next day, they asked the, the Trade Commission to stop imports. Peloton did the same thing. They held, upheld that. They got that patent upheld for their leaderboard. Very next day, they go to the Trade Commission and say, well, if our leaderboard is, is ours, then stop IFIT from importing any bikes. Mm-hmm. Like the exact same thing happened. Hmm. Right. So do we have, I found it fascinating. Do we have any idea how long it takes them to rule on something like this? I, I have like, no clue. I, I know feel like took, this is years. It took a month. This is going to be years. <laughs> <laughs> I know it took a month before the uh, the Trade Commission decided to then probe it. Like, because IFID asked on February 2nd, and then it wasn't until, you know, a few days ago that the, they said, okay, we'll probe it. Um, <laughs> and so now uh, Peloton's asking today, so I'm, a, I'm assuming in April we'll find out if they're really going to try to determine whether they should stop, you know, IFID from importing these wouldn't bikes, it be funny if the solution was iFit, you can't import any bikes because of the le- leaderboard, and Peloton, you can't import any because of the weight. <laughs> <laughs> it would. So there's no more bikes. Nobody can import bikes. Nobody's getting bikes. any bikes. That's King Solomon. We will cut the baby in half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, every time I'm looking at this, and I'm like, is our tax dollars paying for all this? This is crazy. Yeah, yeah, it is, but that's like every nuts. lawsuit ever, John. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this whole thing is wild, but it I is. agree with you. That would be the perfect outcome. Uh, you know what? No one can import bikes. No one gets bikes. And then all of a sudden, Peloton's like, hey, Ohio. Uh, could we, uh, <laughs> can we come back? We'd like that factory get- back, please. <laughs> factory back. Ohio would be um, like, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess while we're talking about lawsuits, yeah, uh, an, another one to oh, take snap. a gander at here. There was the uh, the wage and hour class action lawsuit, and Peloton actually requested that they make a federal case out of it. <laughs> yeah, Normally, I thought you your say mom that said, ironically. Don't make like, no federal case out of this. I thought that was the saying. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. And but Peloton wanted to that. make a federal case out of it, <laughs> and then they got their way. Right, John? Yeah. This was supposed to be, I guess it was like an individual in California that was a sales rep or something, and they they were let go, and then they filed suit because I guess the, the claim is saying it delayed in getting wages post-employment. There were inconsistencies, I guess, on statements. They weren't allowed breaks in and lunches or something and weren't paid for them like it was a bunch of stuff in that but i guess it became a class action it was just it wasn't just this individual in california and these people that are that are part of the class action now go beyond california they're in other states they're sales reps in other states and so uh peloton requested that this come out of the california courts and become a federal suit do you i don't know why they want it to be a federal suit but that's what peloton i have a theory Okay. I have a theory too. Let's see if they're the same. Okay. My theory is that California is very free. Strict. No, oh, the free. opposite. The but they're strict okay. with companies, but they're open with the, with people. They're like, going to be more pro worker. Okay. Yeah, they're going to be more pro worker. Uh, got it. And got it, got Delaware, it, got it, right. which is where Peloton is, like they're corporate. It, they're more they're more pro company, less pro worker. And so federal overall is probably going to weigh more heavily towards pro Peloton versus pro worker. That is my theory. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. That probably is right. And my uh, I was lost. My theory, which could run parallel to this, is that it's easier to fight one 
lawsuit at the federal level mm. than in 30 different states. Mm. And so they would rather just like have one ruling and be like, this is what we're doing and be done with it rather than have yeah. to keep going state by state having battles. That's right. a good point, too. Yeah. Right. Mm. It sounds like they Peloton in, in this request to make it a federal case, which I guess it got approved. It's now a federal case. Um, <laughs> they did some estimates on like what their exposure is. And it seemed like it was some little over six million. I thought it was going to be more than that. Actually, yeah, I don't for know why Peloton, I that, that sounds like light. a rounding error. Like six right. million dollars, six million yeah. people, six million, six million dollars. Yeah. Huh. So like, I thought, is that is that what we're talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's like it, I would think at this level, like your legal fees are probably more than that. Right? Like it seems like it's easier to just be like six Why million. Okay, fine. Here. <laughs> Yeah, just that's cut him a check. I, that's a speeding ticket. That's not, like not these days, you guys. You remember Peloton is in financial not mm, not trouble. Six but million. Like, that's like yeah. that's like Foley's old house at the Hamptons. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's nothing. That's the one. That's the one before. Right. He bought the one that he's selling now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor Foley. <laughs> Oh, and then, uh, we should probably also talk about Verizon is launching Plus Play, a streaming aggregation hub. It's added Netflix and more as partners. So, yeah, uh, the, d- explain this to me because I just hear I so many words. It. I just hear words. I don't even know what they're telling me. I finally got it. Okay. 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 Erica yeah. had to explain it to me. I yes. didn't get it. I was just sitting here like this. Yes, please like, translate. Like, give me that right. To give me that. She did please. the Uncle Barry on me. Give please, me that. please translate this into human. Yeah. Tell us. Tell okay. us, Erica's. Okay. Fi- fix it, Erica. Fix it. The terms. The the term bundle. When they put bundle in here, that's what was throwing me. That okay. completely threw me. Yeah. Erica goes. Okay. Verizon saying they're launching this plus play thing where you have this aggregation hub. She's like, John, that's the same thing we already have with Comcast Xfinity um, X1. Is that what it's called? X1? I think. We don't have the, Comcast So what does here. that mean? <laughs> okay. So, so the cable company provides like apps with your cable box. Oh, so they have like a Netflix, okay, okay. Netflix app and a Hulu app and they a Discovery Plus app and they have all these apps. And, and you just log into, you know, you just turn on your cable box and you could look for those apps and you may not have a service with that. See, we don't we, have you that. Could, we our, do. We do at the bottom of our TV. Oh, that's our TV. Oh, that's our TV. So that's, our TV right, has an TV. aggregation hub, but right. not charter. But, okay. But, right. Yeah, we, but right. yeah, cause this is Missouri. So like we still have to pay extra for color. <laughs> right. So like, <laughs> dang. Yeah. I mean, that's it's real rough. old school. It's very real old school. school. That's some serious old school yes. right there. Very much so. We still so, have the satellite so, dish the size of a house in our backyard. Right. <laughs> in the backyard? Yeah. Damn. So, yeah. So, the, as a part of the cable box. So, it, you, even if you didn't have that service, you could click on it and say sign up. And you could sign up right there from within your cable box. Oh. So, so, Comcast or Xfinity has that. I guess Verizon didn't. So this is basically in my in Erica's mind, Verizon saying, "Okay, we're going to offer the same thing that, you know, Comcast offers in their areas of of cable TV. We're going to create the same thing. So if you have that cable service right from your cable box, you're going to have these apps. The interesting thing about it now is Peloton will be one of those apps on Verizon cable. Okay. But it's not on Comcast, probably not on Charter. I, I bet it be will on, be on Charter. I bet it will be on Charter eventually because 
uh, Char- Charter uses all the same lines as Verizon. Oh. <laughs> At least for and mobile. Probably. For mobile, they <laughs> for do. For the mobile, they that, do, yeah. yeah. So maybe not right. for TV. Maybe not. But that's so fascinating. That, that, that's what this is all about. It's simply Verizon is going to create that same product that these other pro- you know cable companies already have. And Peloton is going to be on that platform. So do Which, people again, to use- your point, it's like smart TVs have this in them already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You might have a, a smart streaming media box like a, a you know, Roku know, or a Fire Stick. Roku that will, like already have this as well. So there's all these layers of where you could already get to some of these things, which yeah. which is why I don't know. Is this that valuable? Dude, does Verizon have its own like cable television offerings? Like who's using this? I don't understand where you use this from. Could or, it be on your I phone? I thought they did. I don't I know. I've did. never Maybe heard of Verizon cable. I mean... I don't know. There might be. I'm right. not saying there isn't because so much of that is like local. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's usually a section right. of the country that has that. Like, so. Yeah. you have, They have like monopolies within mm-hmm. different right. regions. Yeah. So it might just right. be we don't know about it. But it, it might, also maybe. Or it just, yeah. It might just be on these devices, on their phones, on these tablets, you know. Because so many concept. kids especially watch. They, they, yeah. they consume, you know, the stuff from their mobile devices, not from a TV. So maybe it is. Right. I, I have no idea. Yeah, or maybe that's yeah. trying to get into the next generation. The kids, as yeah. they go to college and graduate, they're just like, oh, it's in my phone. I don't need it. Yeah. I don't know. Right. So well, thank This concept goodness. of bundling, though, is what kind of threw me. But it's not bundling. They're not charging anything less. Yeah, you know, you're not it, like you're getting, still getting a bills discount. from all these different people. You're not going to get one bill, right? It's just one location where you could get to the application. Well, I really am glad that Erica could make sense of that mess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Tell her we said thank you. Yes. Thank you, Erica. <laughs> she had me. I was sitting there. I don't know what this is. And she pulled that Uncle Barry on me. She's like, I mean, you don't know how to do this. <laughs> show you how to do this. You drop the ball in the end zone. You're out. <laughs> you're out of here. From Uncle Barry to Aunt Erica. <laughs> Oh my right. God! Do not let her listen to this episode. <laughs> yeah, straighten it out. She's like, I'm not spending more time listening to John. Like that's yeah, right. yeah. Like yeah, here's how I know. Changed. Here's how I know, honey. What was the last episode of Real Spoilers you listened to? What episode are you guys on? Yeah, two forty-five. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, I was joking. I know we're on like almost seven hundred. I know. So, yeah. Wow. So. uh Anyway, so you're safe. She will never hear this. Yeah, you could. <laughs> I know this. Yeah. You could go this on about what you're getting her for her birthday. Right. She would have no right. idea. Yeah. You are safe right. as a kitten. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, th- John, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, until next week, where can people find you? They can find me in my Facebook page or group, Run, Lift, and Live. They can find me on Instagram, Run, Lift, and Live. They can find me on the Tickety Talk, Run, Lift, and Live. Or they can find me at runliftandlive.com. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. Man, there is nothing worse than when you buy a pair of sunglasses and then you lose or break them. I would agree. So what do we do about that? <laughs> well, that's where Gooder comes in. Their sunglasses are $25 each. So nobody likes to throw away $25, but it's a lot better than throwing away 100 or more dollars on a pair of broken sunglasses, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I have to say that's not my favorite part about Gooder. My favorite part about Gooder is that when I run, they don't slip, they don't bounce, and they're 100% polarized. Um, and they also come in like a million different colors and styles. 
for your $25, you're not sacrificing comfort, safety, or style. If you want to support the show and pick up a pair, Gooder is giving the Clipout listeners free shipping on their first order. Just go to gooder.com slash TCO. That's G-O-O-D-R.com and use code TCO to get free shipping. Gooder offers a 30 30- day money back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. Find your pair at gooder.com slash TCO and use code TCO to get free shipping. If you're looking to avoid carbs, it's always a challenge trying to find bread that fits in with your keto lifestyle. Right, because you want to make sure that it tastes good and you want to make sure it has good ingredients. So I think Hero Bread does both. Especially when you're in the store, you are overwhelmed with bread choices. Yes. And I've had other breads before that claim to have low net carbs and you are certainly sacrificing taste texture size yes none of that with hero bread no because sometimes on the ones that have the low net carbs they have like no substance to it (laughs) it's like eating air it is and hero bread actually really tasted good and it felt like a solid piece of bread like i did not feel like i was giving up something i was surprised at how big each slice of bread was here's the real test of a piece of bread (laughs) i didn't make a sandwich with these i just had toast which you love because you have toast almost every day i do it was the (laughs) best textured bread of this sort that i've ever had and if you're doing the math it's zero to one grams of net carbs zero gram sugar and high in fiber so don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code TCO at checkout. That's TCO at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Instructors in the news. So Robin Arzan will be the first ever brand ambassador for GSTQ. Now, please, someone tell me, what that is well i guess it's a brand by danny garcia garcio now please tell me who that is okay i'm probably not saying the last name but danny is a trailblazer in the the latin x community she's an entrepreneur an athlete and a force to be reckoned with in fashion so i guess she's got like all these things going she's because she's running her own business she's an athlete and but she also like makes fashion okay so her values and Robin's values apparently align. So they made a partnership. So it's like taking like fashionable pieces, but they're also for, uh, sportswear flexibility and a little bit of streetwear swagger. And that is what GSTQ is all about. And so Robin is going to be their spokesperson. Okay. So it's about fashion, which explains why I am completely unaware of it. It, it does. If- myself too. And it's uh, the latest collection is online at GSTQ Soho. And uh, by the way, this ad is really fun. Like it's like it's showing uh, Robin and Drew just having a good old time with their daughter. And like she's also showing off all of the the clothing. It's just like natural but also like really shows the clothing well and what it's doing it's a good ad peloton might want to take a look (laughs) i will say i like their fitness flip ad their fitness flip ad was really funny yeah yeah that was good that was really good and while we're speaking about robin uh she was on the podcast who, what, where? Thank you. I could not find the name. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the title is How Best-Selling Author and Peloton Head Trainer uh, Robin Arzon is Transforming Lives. So you can hear all about that. Who, what, where? 
Tune Day was uh, featured in Ebony Magazine as part of International Women's Month. Yes, she was. And uh, it was International Women's Day. Sorry. Uh, sorry. And Well, see, I'm just a bigger feminist than you are. I think you need a whole month. Well, it's Women's History Month and it's International Women's Day. But at any rate, this whole thing was about how she's continuing to push boundaries. But really, it was about the podcast. That gotcha. Dropped. So it was a lot of uh, information that people have already heard, but very cool to be featured in Ebony Magazine. Absolutely. That's awesome. Also International Women's Day. Yes. <laughs> Olivia Amato had a post. Yes, she did. And uh, this is OK. So she is an ambassador for the Puma brand and uh, this ad was all about International Women's Day for all the different Puma athletes and Olivia Omato was featured in it so that's pretty cool. Awesome. Or if you're a Smothers Brothers fan, Puma. (laughs) Cycling Inspire had an interesting article. The six toughest Peloton instructors ranked by difficulty. And I totally disagree with this. Okay. Ali Love should not be on this list. <laughs> she is not one of the Ooh. toughest instructors. Shots like fired. Matt's, Matt Wilpers, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I totally get that. Kendall, absolutely. Alex Toussaint, absolutely. <laughs> Olivia, yes. And also, she cannot stay still. Ben Aldis, uh, yes. Although, I'm going to say for the Olivia one, if you're going to be like, this is the Toughest instructor you can find. Maybe not a picture of her wearing kitty ears. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Uh, ben Aldis, yes. Then they have the strength instructor. So now I will say where they got this from was how they were rated on the uh, on the Peloton app. So it's it's not the article's fault. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Like they're getting the information. I just disagree that Allie's classes are harder. Like I, there are so many instructors that I would call harder than than Allie, but. All the instructors have tough classes. So like when you say when you say the toughest, you're talking about what? Two points like yeah, and like point two of a whole point. Like it's not that much of a difference. Yeah. <laughs> They're all tough classes. <laughs> you're going to get a good workout. Getting this psychological edge with Dr. Jen. Joining us once again is Dr. Jen Mann, licensed marriage, family, and child therapist and sports psychology consultant. She was a five-year national team member in rhythmic gymnastics and uh, does sports psychology for USA Gymnastics. It's Dr. Jen. Hello. Hi. Well, you can tell we're past the New Year's resolutions. We've got a couple folks here that need some motivation help. Daniel Malati says he needs help just getting back into it. And Stephanie Ann says she's struggling big time with motivation lately. She says she don't know she doesn't know if it's this never ending pandemic and a bunch of frustrating injuries or if it's working like a maniac, but by the time she gets home, she's eating dinner at 9.30 p.m. and then beating herself up for not working out. Oh, been there. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. Help. <laughs> I think there are a few things. I mean, first of all, one thing that really jumps out at me is that I have a feeling that Stephanie may be having expectations of herself and poor scheduling that make it impossible to meet her goals. Okay. That if you're coming home that late and you're having dinner late, the last thing you're going to feel like doing at 930, if you're just finishing dinner is get on the bike. Like that's just not going to happen. And to even expect that of yourself is not fair. So it's going to be important for someone like Stephanie to really create a plan that is conducive to the reality of her life. 
And notice I say the reality of her life, not what she wishes her life was, not what she hopes it would be, not what's in her dreams, but actually, okay, well, if I'm not getting home from, like, I get home from work and then I'm starving, so I need to eat, and it takes a while to prepare dinner, and then I'm not done till 9.30, well, then that's not a good time for you to expect yourself to get on the tread and run. I mean, nobody wants to work out on a full stomach. Uh. <laughs> No. Do, look, you can do a Shavasana yoga class on a full stomach, <laughs> but like anything more than that, not so much. But I, I think that what she needs to do is to look at, okay, at lunchtime, do I have a break where I could put on sneakers and go for a walk? Is that realistic to get in a 20 minute or 30 minute walk, even if it's not the 60 minute run or the boot camp class that you hope you'd be doing and then maybe save some of the harder workouts for the weekend and maybe the goal isn't to do it every day if you want to get your check mark then maybe you do your shavasana yoga class so you can get your check mark but you save your harder workouts for the weekend and do kind of more maintenance oriented stuff like a walk like a chair yoga class at the office like things that you can do during breaks at work, that that makes more sense. And I think that in terms of what was the name of the first person who Daniel, Daniel Malati, Daniel's loss is motivation. Look, you, you hear the instructors and Rob in particular talk about what's the why, what is the motivation? And I think that it's time for Daniel to reevaluate his why, because clearly his why is not motivating him anymore. And I think a lot of people get stuck on a why of that they want to look a certain way or weigh a certain number. And to me, that is always a mistake that we can't control how our body responds to exercise. We can't control how our bodies respond to our changes. But what we can control is what we do and what the process is. So making goals that are process oriented instead of and result-oriented can be very helpful. And also, you've heard me talk a lot about one of my whys is I want to live a really long time. I really, I want to be able to dance at my grandchildren's wedding. And that when I start to feel like, oh, I don't know, I'm really tired, I go, okay, well, longevity. Okay, like, let's start. And the other thing is that just starting tends to be the hardest part. Yes. So set up your life so it's conducive to starting. For example, I put out my exercise clothes every night before I go to sleep. Because what I can do is if I don't do that, I will stand in my closet for 20 minutes. I What am I in the mood to wear? How many bras <laughs> do I need for this workout? What am I going to like if, and and then before I know, like oh, I missed my window of opportunity to work out. There it goes. Okay, I gotta go see clients. But if I have everything set up, I have my shoes in the gym. I've got my towels in the gym. I've got my clothes sitting out. I've got my water waiting in the refrigerator. That if you have it set up so it makes it easier for you to do it and just start, that's gonna work in your favor. And I think also that there are times where I know one of the things that keeps me motivated is that like, I'll look on the clip out and sometimes you guys will post a, a workout and be like, oh, that one looks really fun. And I'll <laughs> screen 
thought and be like, okay, I gotta, I gotta put that one on the agenda or other Peloton people that I follow who post their workouts. If I see a suggestion, sometimes it will be like, make, give me kind of that extra kind of excitement of like, oh, I can't wait to get on the tread because I want to try out that class. So I think that that, that's another good way to kind of get yourself moving. But I I do think that he needs to reevaluate his why and come up with something different to help him to be motivated. And then last but not least is that sometimes people end up not keeping that New Year's resolution or that commitment because they have overdone it. And it sounds like, was it Stephanie? Mm -hmm. That Stephanie has overdone it, that she mentioned in her list that she is getting injured. Oh, yeah, she did. Mm -hmm. And to me, when I hear injury, one of the things, to me, it's a red flag for, are you overdoing it? And also, secondly, have you come up with an exercise plan that is well balanced enough to avoid injury and clearly she has it. So the other thing I would recommend to Stephanie is to do a consultation with someone who is certified in personal training like you, Crystal, (laughs) and to find out what should she be doing. For example, I know for myself, if I wanna avoid, I have a a hip injury, if I wanna avoid being in pain, the best thing I can do is Hannah Corbin's foam roll, her glutes foam roll is like the thing for me. And then afterwards, a stretch. And I love Chelsea's pigeon, five minute pigeon class is one of my absolute favorites. And that will really help me prevent that injury that can come back pretty easily for me. So I think that Stephanie needs to really look at what does she need to do for injury prevention? Is she training too hard? Is she not having a balanced enough regimen where she is hurting herself and overdeveloping some muscles and underdeveloping others and then compensating and, and getting injured? Excellent advice. Absolutely. As always. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why we have her here. <laughs> we know a good thing when yeah. we see it. <laughs> she's not going to say it, but she's over there like, you know, shit. <laughs> I got business cards and everything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Until next time, where can people find you? You can find me on all social media at Dr. Jen Mann. Two ends on Jen, two ends on man. And I post all of my Peloton workouts on my Insta stories. Wonderful. Thank you. Peloton Artist Collaboration. Another week, another artist collaboration, this time with Donna Summer. Yeah, I'm excited about this one. Um, Although today is the day that it was going to, it's, well, one of the classes, the uh, cycling class was going to be happening and uh, it got canceled today because of the snow in New York. I'm sure that they will. You can't have snow in the summer. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Donna Summer, come on. (laughs) Yeah, this is going to be a fun one. People are super stoked about it. We're going to have classes with Ross Rayburn, Maddie Majacomo, Rebecca Kennedy, Cody Rigsby, Leanne Hainsby, and John Hosking. So it was not your last chance. (laughs) 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 See what I did there? (laughs) I did. Clip out. Joining us again via the magic of ZoomTube, it's Angelo from MetPro. Hey, Angelo, how's it going? Hi. Hey, guys. Great to see you again. You too. Likewise. So I guess Crystal will dig into the bag of questions that have been solicited from listeners. Do it. Uh, that was me shaking the bag. Oh, um, I was like, why is your bag? <laughs> sound effect. 
<laughs> where's uh where's dan's maracas that you guys yeah. used to use uh that's for another podcast mention but anyway uh mojo mike rockwell he says how much protein does someone who is doing strength exercise to build muscle need and is there a specific time when it's best to add products like a protein shake such as before or after workouts and he is a vegetarian and his husband is vegan and he wants to make sure they're getting enough and go <laughs> first off this is, kind of, this is kind of this is kind of bs because it's it's ask angelo a question yeah mike's getting a, a consult mike's He's, getting a consult come three, on mike do it. let's do three it questions okay. here. <laughs> so th- it's actually a great question and one that in angelo some it's a great questions it's a great questions there we go <laughs> some variation actually gets asked to me all the time so i would love to tackle that one and i'm gonna you know i'll give you a little bit of background on this so how much protein does someone now the framework is trying to build muscle need and the answer is definitively depends. It depends. <laughs> depends. Exactly. So here's what it depends on. So first of all, you're going to get conflicting uh, comments, answers, depending on what media outlets, magazines, material you're reading uh, that recommend how much protein you need. So now I, I'm not taking sides here. I'm just giving an appraisal of just look, spreading it out and looking at it. So if you go to the technical, more the scientific community that has done double blind studies and tests, and they're going to say within some sort of orbit of this number that you're going to need 0.7 grams per pound of lean mass that you currently have. And then maybe a little more to then grow into a few more pounds of lean mass. Now I'm going to come back to the big caveat on that and any other number that you have. Now, if you go down to the, you know, bodybuilders magazines and, you know, the, the sports and the, you know, the magazine with the picture of the 300 pound behemoth on the front flexing, you could get any number of responses and it could range from similar, but there you could get up to, well, you actually want to have about a one and a half, even two grams per pound of, of mass, total body weight. Why the discrepancy? So now this is the disclaimer I'm going to give my opinion. When you ask them, they're going to say, well, serious lifters, that's just for serious lifters. So I'm going to decode that. If you're taking enhancement substances, you can utilize more protein. And a lot of serious lifters, that's what they're reasoning. They're thinking, well, that's what in that industry for the bodybuilding industry, we know that a lot, not all, but a lot in the bodybuilding industry use substances that aid them in anabolism. They can actually utilize more protein. So just to I clarify, to you, are you, you mean oh, like uh, like approved sub? Yeah. A, aids to help them yeah he's not saying steroids he's saying like like protein supplements no I'm saying steroids. Oh, oh okay. Well, I'm really glad we clarified well, yeah. that. Yeah, I was okay. doing something clarified. totally different. Yeah, I, was, I, I couldn't tell if you meant that, like, yeah, they're yeah. roided out or, yeah. okay. So okay. Not, not everybody taking steroids or of that ilk are, you know, in, in the back alley doing a drug deal, right? right. So you can get prescribed as oh, well. Okay. So okay. There's, there's, I mean, there is that and stop it if you are, because likely you don't know what you're putting. Yeah, it's dangerous. Right. But it, there's a lot of, 
you know, people that are getting prescribed and under those circumstances, their body can uptake more. Okay. So all of that to say for our average listener, your body can't use that. Right. You're not taking steroids. You're not taking anabolic agents. I'm say steroids, a big class of anabolic agents. You're not taking that. You're not going to be able to use the upper end of those recommendations. So now then sliding back to the 0.7 grams. Why is it some people still now I say, okay, this has nothing to do with the, the individuals that are taking enhancement steroids, et cetera. Now, just for the average person, why is it some people say, well, I need more protein? Well, that's because more protein doesn't necessarily hurt you and is sometimes the better of the options. And I emphasize sometimes. So here's how it actually works. Carbohydrates are protein sparing. So how much protein do you need to build muscle? can only be answered when considering how many total calories you're getting and if you're getting enough or extra carbohydrates. Because if you're getting plenty of calories and plenty of carbohydrates, your body, even with a small amount of protein, it is surprising how well someone can actually put on muscle, even with minimal amounts of protein. The issue comes when people don't want to eat a bunch of extra carbohydrates, a bunch of extra calories in total. They want just enough to maintain a lean body mass. So they want to make sure that they're using an optimizing protein, which is why sometimes they'll go with a little bit more. You see, your body can, through a process called gluconeogenesis, can convert protein into energy. It just has to take an extra step. With carbohydrates, it doesn't have to take as many steps. It's a more readily available fuel source. But when pressed, your body can take that extra step and switch over to using, essentially converting protein into usable energy. So some people will reason, I'm going to give myself a little extra protein so that way if some gets chewed up, then I still have enough left over to build lean mass. But now I'm going to tell you the, the down and dirty, the answer for you, Mike, the answer for you is if you are trying to gain weight, make sure you're getting a reasonable amount of protein. But what you really want to increase is total calories and increase your carbohydrates. That's going to be the number one way for you to add muscle. Make sure that your protein isn't low, but usually when people are asking me that question, they're trying to figure out, do I need to be between 0.7 grams or two grams per pound of body fat? So make sure you're at least getting a good start is that 0.7, which is, you know, where kind of the, the uh, research is indicating and then decide if you need to go up from there. If you're already at that 0.7 and your goal is not to lose weight, you want to gain more weight, I would add carbohydrates and calories first. Once you've already added more carbs and calories, if you want to go back and add in a little more protein in addition to that, that's just fine. The reason there's so much confusion is because most people are trying to determine how much protein I need in the framework of weight loss. Now your protein needs are actually higher per pound because you don't have any leftover resources for energy. So you really need to make sure your protein is adequate so that way you don't start breaking down your own muscle to have the raw materials needed for energy.
And the vegetarian question, Mike, has no bearing on it. You still need to either you're not getting enough protein or you are getting enough protein. The question for you is sourcing that protein. And I'm sure you're acquainted with lots of great vegan or vegetarian or plant based options to get protein. Um, you'll want to make sure those rules, same rules apply for my plant based dieters. I'm a big fan of vegan protein powders. There's some great, in fact, that's what I take. I use a, a vegetarian, a vegan protein powder in the mornings. Sub question. Do they yeah. all have, do all vegan protein powders have carbs in them? Most do. Yes. Yeah. Okay. In okay. fact, even just straight protein powders, most have some carbs with the vegan protein powders. Usually they have a few grams more, but you can absolutely find ones that are still very low in carbs. Okay. So if you're getting, you know, 30 grams of protein and you're getting six grams of seven grams, eight grams of carbs. That's a pretty good ratio. If your intent is to get mostly protein, that's still acceptable. So in those scenarios, adding just a little bit of protein throughout the day via supplementation, it's more of a convenience tool. It's not that you have to do that. If you want to build muscle, it's that if you don't want to live in the kitchen and constantly prepare and carry stuff with you, it's a great way of uh, getting easy protein throughout the day. And then the last asterisk that, that you kind of slipped in there, Mike, <laughs> on that question really had to do with the anabolic window. In other words, should I be eating protein just post-workout? There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, basically, the, the scientists and the researchers have essentially disproven the anabolic window. So unless you're talking about coming off, a, coming off of a fasting state, then in most cases, it is not as critical as we once thought that you get that protein in immediately within a half hour or 45 minutes of working out is what's more important is that your totals spread out throughout the day, meet what your body needs. But I will tell you, as someone who is very interested in my client's ability to build muscle, meal frequency is huge. So you should be getting your protein within about an hour of your workout because if you work out for an hour and you didn't eat right before your last workout, that means that an hour after your workout, you're already about three hours since your last meal. And you should always be eating regularly throughout the day to optimize muscle development. I can absolutely see the difference between my clients who are trying to put muscle on eating five, six or seven times a day versus my clients trying to put muscle on eating two or three times a day. So by virtue of a meal coming around the horn, yes, get the protein in. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for all that. It was very informative. It was. And, uh, and if, Congrats, Mike. You got yes, a whole consult. I know. <laughs> so if people would like information like this tailored for their uh, fitness goals, sure. where can they find you? Metpro.co slash TCO. Past guest update. So we have a whole bunch of past guest updates this week. I guess let's start with Allie on the run. Yeah, Allie on the run. Uh, she is going, she just announced her 2022 racing announcing schedule. So she's going to be at the New York half on 320. She's going to be in the cheap marathon in New Hampshire, 410. 
Track Night New York City, 520, Bayshore Marathon, 528, Brewery Chase Relay, 618, the Wine Shine Half, 716, and the New Hampshire 10 Miler on 827. So she's got a very full announcement schedule. Oh, uh, oh a, there's more. There's more. New Hampshire Trick or Trot on ten thirty, and the Santa Claus Shuffle in New Hampshire on twelve three. So many fun sounding races. I'm not gonna lie, I like the name Trick or Trot. Uh, that is the, pretty great. The marketing guy in me is like, hats off. Yeah. Well done. I agree. And then the uh, the next past guest update that we have for you, we should warn you. Spoiler so be, alert. Spoiler alert. Turn off your everything. If you listen to, if you watch the show Amazing Race, get out of here. Right. Just fast forward 30, 45 seconds. Yeah, we don't want to hear about it. So (laughs) here we go. Okay. So Kim Holderness and her husband were on the Amazing Race. Yes. And Kim Holderness was a guest on the show. Yes. That's why it's the past guest update. Totally. And uh, they won the latest season of the Amazing Race. How cool is that? Yeah, that's really awesome. Yeah. So I'm glad we have already had her on because we'd never get her now. I know. She's won the Amazing (laughs) Race. She'd be like, what? Like, who are you? Yeah. Their videos are so fun. Yeah. I really like them. I love the Peloton ones. And then finally, past guest Eric Tostard. You might remember him because he does his annual event, Peloton for Parkinson's. Yeah. And it is coming up. Yeah. So we did a full interview with uh, Eric last year. And uh, we also were sponsoring. We were sponsors of Peloton for Parkinson's last year. And uh, we are proud to be sponsors again. This is the seventh year of the event. He started it back in 2016 to honor his mom. And they have raised almost $200,000. The proceeds and donations go to the Michael J. Fox Foundation. Uh, They're going to be streaming, live streaming 11 classes and rides on the Zoom from the Hudson. And uh, they will also be riding all of the uh, live Peloton rides that day. Registration is $45. You get a T-shirt. And um, I believe it's April 30th. That is the date this year. So as of today, there are 33 people that are going to be riding all day, 5 a.m. to 7 p.m. And there's 100 people registered live and in person. Person and virtually. How cool is that? In case you missed it. If you just can't get enough of International Women's History Month Day week event, because <laughs> I, I can't keep it all straight. Peloton is doing a lot of classes. They are. Uh, but I think it's interesting because uh, this is the first time they've done this. They're calling them power stacks. Okay. So, you know, we have like for Black History Month, there is a tradition now where it is like Alex and Tunde. There's others, too, that happen. Mm-hmm. But that one has become an annual tradition. Well, instead of having the instructors team up for all of the classes for Women's History Month, some of them are. Like we have Susie Chan and Leanne Hansby, Hansby doing one. But now they're doing Power Stacks. So you can do a class with Jen Sherman on the bike. And then right after that, you can do a Women's History Month core with Emma. So now they're stacking them. So there you go. Oh. Power Stacks. And then there was a 10-minute peace meditation. Yes, and it was specifically a world peace meditation. Uh, and it was led by Nico Sarani. Um, and Did it work? <laughs> Well, <laughs> I'm going to go by watching the news. No. Whoops. But uh, it's it makes you feel better. Uh, that that's helps. It does. I mean, there's only so much we can control. Totally. And um, so she led this and seven under other instructors were in the room during the peace meditation. Now, 
to me, the biggest takeaway besides how wonderful it is that we had a peace meditation is the fact that all these instructors were in the room. It's the first time in three years we've seen this many Peloton instructors in one room. A very good point, which makes you think that we got to be getting closer and closer Mm -hmm. to that studio opening and backup. Exactly. You know, that reminds me, I have to say. Yes. A fourth option for that, that those days that there's all encore classes, March 20th through 20th. First, uh-huh. do you think they're doing something to prepare the studios? Mm-hmm. Like maybe not like they're going to open the doors before. I don't see a way that they're going to open the doors to the public before homecoming because that would be chaos. Right. But maybe they're doing something to refresh or prepare for people coming in. Yeah. So that's another option because they would have to close down the London studio and the U.S. studio to do the same. Like whatever it is, it would, would need be, to be done in both places. In all places. So they so. just shut them all down at once. Yeah. It's a fourth option. Yeah. Just putting it out there. Selena Samuela is uh, wearing orange. She is. It's going to be this Sunday. So Selena's squad is celebrating National Kidney Month because that's the entire month. And you can celebrate with the squad on Sunday by wearing orange. Selena, too, will be wearing orange and the whole squad will be. You can take a selfie and celebrate uh, at Selena squad underscore Peloton over on Instagram. And there was a uh, Peloton apparel sale. We're, this the sale has has ended by the time you mm-hmm. hear this. Mm-hmm. But uh, we just thought it was interesting to just kind of raise the question: Will there ever not be a Peloton apparel sale? There seems to be a lot of them lately. Yeah, and this one was fascinating to me because it was in store only. So thought that was kind of fascinating especially in light of when we were just talking about all the instructors in one room and mm-hmm. for a while they were kind of like call and make an appointment at the stores and and now it's kind of like yeah we're done with that mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. yep peloton birthdays and we have two birthdays this week or one birthday and a birthday of a sort <laughs> uh the first is sam yo happy birthday on march 16th and he's the real birthday just to be clear he's not the birthday of a sort okay. don't at me okay uh and then the other birthday is peloton yeah they officially filed paperwork to be like a real company on march 17th which yeah. falls on st patrick's day this year yeah so well, you can celebrate peloton st. day every year is that always? I yeah. thought that was one of those floating holidays. Is it no. not? Oh, no. I can't keep it straight. I don't really celebrate it, which is a shame because we're Irish. So we kinda, yeah. I feel like we're kind of obligated. Eh. Mm. Eh, I'm not really that worked up about it. Okay. Well, so. let's just celebrate Peloton's birthday. But if okay. you want to do both, you can wear a little hat or, you know, something green. And sure. then you can, you know, do you a can, little Irish jig while you celebrate Peloton. You can wear green leggings that day. Oh, <gasps> great idea. And, I have some shamrock ones. And I, of course, am always a leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Peloton. Checking in with the Peloton community. So joining us today via the magic of a Zoom tube is Kim Zingali. Hey, Kim, how's it going? Good. How are you guys doing? We're good. We're good. I would love to hear your Peloton background story. So how did you first hear about Peloton and when was that? So I've been following a former guest of yours, like a very early on guest, Peter Shankman on social media for a long time. Yeah. So when he got the bike, he was posting about it, obviously. And I was like, huh, what is that thing? And then didn't really seek it out or anything. But then eventually in 2018, we were on vacation in Oregon and there was a couple of Peloton bikes in the hotel gym. And so I tried it and then I was like, okay, we're getting one. And then (laughs) 
we're like debating how we could like build one ourselves kind of thing. And then, cause my husband, as you can probably see in the background, we have a bike on a trainer and he's like, why wouldn't you just ride your bike on a trainer? And I was like, but I really want a Peloton bike. I'm reminded of about- it's like when you're 10 and your mom's like, I can make McDonald's at home. I don't, you don't need like, that. It's not the I same, have hamburger mom. and potatoes. No, he eventually agreed it would not be the same. But then I got one off Craigslist the next week, actually. Oh, so nice. That was how I got mine. Okay. Yep. Okay. Well, so that's like, yeah, June 2018. So okay. early, but not early, early. <laughs> yeah, but it's been a while. So you've had yeah, it for quite yeah. a while. I feel like the yeah. pandemic has become the new dividing line yes. for yes. if you're an early adopter or not. <laughs> like it used to be the Kickstarter and now that's almost mythical. Yeah, there's so yeah. few out there that yeah. have had it since the beginning. The OG crowd is so tiny right. compared to <laughs> the Peloton world yeah. at large. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. So then help us understand your fitness background now. So have you always been a person that works out was working out new to you or how did that go? I've always been pretty active, not like traditionally like sports or anything. I was in the marching band in high school, though. So that was big activity, actually. But that's a lot of activity. A lot of work. My son joined marching band. He did it for oh, like yeah. one year and he's like, this is awful. And yeah, yeah. and he was not even moving. Yeah. He played bass. He was like, a bass player. Yeah. Like, it was, like, it was like, you just stand there, dude. But they worked those kids, man, like crazy. Like yeah, they were going yeah, nonstop. Yeah. What did you play? Clarinet. Okay. okay. So yeah. you, you got to school, move around the field. You didn't just yeah. sit still. <laughs> yeah. And we were one of the bands that like competes in the, I forget the name of it now, but like a national competition of these marching bands. And so we would travel across the United States and compete and then like my high school has won the whole thing like twice. In oh, the history. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I, so. I will say like, I'm not a sports guy, so I wasn't like, oh, band is for nerds. But like, I never realized like how much stuff goes into goes all that into marching band until he was in it. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was like a part time job. Like it he was, was it was like a real sport. Yeah. And I say real yeah. sport in that they're like, oh, well, you know, if you go out for football, you have to like fill out all these clearance forms and everything. But like if you do the marching band, you have to fill out the same ones, even though it's not technically a sport. That's what they all <laughs> yeah. say. And I was yeah. like, I don't know. It looks like a sport to me. I they're mean, out there dancing and throwing stuff and yeah. running around for two hours every day, yeah. every day of the yep. week. So, so that, that's what I did. But then <laughs> after that, I more just like ran on treadmills and stuff, ran outside. And then I got a little more into cycling when my husband started riding outside, but I was still a little nervous about that at that point and didn't really ever feel super comfortable doing it. So then, then I started taking bar classes after we moved to Denver a few years ago and then that petered out. So then I got the Peloton and then I've been like pretty much all Peloton all the way since then. <laughs> Okay. Usually I'm kind of just trying to figure out if like getting a Peloton made you more active and it sounds like it did. A little bit like more. I mean, yes and no. Like I also like had been running. So I had ran like three half marathons. Yeah. It was more just like it being a regular thing in the house was helpful. But like it wasn't that I wasn't doing anything before Peloton. It just made it more cohesive. Sure. That's great. Yeah. (laughs) You said like in the middle of all that, like your husband started cycling outside he always has been but like he's taken some breaks periodically gotcha. so i think like when we met in college he wasn't really riding outside but then he started after that so yeah <laughs> what part of the country do you guys live in 
We live in Denver now. Okay. But like we both grew up in Ohio and met in college in Ohio. And then we moved to Chicago and then we lived in DC for nine years. And now we've been in Denver for the past five years. Oh, wow. That's a lot of moving around. I'm sorry. It's a lot of packing. That's terrible. It was all we wanted to. So (laughs) it's good that you're not fleeing. Yeah. yeah, We don't want you to be fleeing. That would be a different conversation. I wanted to try different places. But I would think that like cycling outside in Denver, that's not always hospitable for outdoor cycling. Yeah. So I did ride a little bit outside when we lived in D.C. in Rock Creek Park. But then when we moved here, I was like, because you have to get further out of the city to actually do more outdoor activities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like it was a little bit trickier for me to do that because I'm not like a individual doing it. I need like my husband to go with me. Yeah. It's a lot of gear you have to take and you have to know how to like fix your bike if something happens to your bike. And I remember the last time we were out in Colorado, like watching people on the side of the road going up these ginormous hills. And I was intimidated just watching them because like you have to be a good rider to do that on a regular basis. (laughs) So tell us about your medical background. I didn't know if you meant medical history or like medical profession. Oh, medical history. Okay. Okay. So Sometimes Robin's type one diabetes comes up in conversation and I'm always like, that's not quite right. And so (laughs) I was like, maybe I should just let everyone know a little bit more about type one diabetes which I've had for over 30 years now. (laughs) So you were diagnosed when you were what age? Pretty little. I was just shy of nine years old. Yeah. Yeah. So month before my ninth birthday. So So how does that manifest itself in a nine-year-old? Like what tips them off? it's, It's the same for anybody really. So when you have high blood sugar for an extended period of time before diagnosis, the typical symptoms are excessive thirst, excessive urination. Also, you're really, really hungry, but you're also losing weight because basically what's happening is your body cannot break down any of the food that you're taking in. And it just, it's all just going out of you and you're kind of wasting away. Okay. So my parents were like, why is she losing so much weight and drinking so much and eating two hamburgers at dinner? So then they kind of knew something was up. So they didn't let it go on for too long and then went to the doctor. And then I was diagnosed with type one diabetes. Oh, And at that point, you kind of spent more time in the hospital after diagnosis. From what I'm hearing now, like they kind of give you some education and then send you home. And then like you do more stuff maybe on the internet. But at that point in 1991, I spent a week in the hospital learning about like eating like the food plans and a lot has changed since then. And also like how to inject yourself with the needle and the sliding scale of insulin doses and all that kind of stuff. That's a lot for nine. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Was that intimidating? It was. My parents took on a lot of it when I was a kid, but then I took on more as I grew up, but I kind of was a little bit of a like late bloomer on that where I just was like, I don't really want to do this. So I let them do it until I like graduated from high school or maybe not all, but like till I got to high school and then I took over that kind of stuff more. So what you have to do once you're diagnosed with type one diabetes, what, well, what's happened is that it's an autoimmune situation. So there's the two types of diabetes you hear about type one diabetes and type two diabetes. Type two is more of a metabolic issue where your body can't use the insulin it's making to break down the food as well as it should. Type one, your body basically attacks 
the cells that make insulin in your pancreas, and then you just no longer produce insulin. They don't always know why this happens. Like you basically, you probably have some sort of genetic predisposition to it. And then something triggers it. They think for me, I had like a weird virus around Christmas time. And then in April, I was diagnosed with type one. So they think maybe that virus sort of like confused my like immune turned it on. System. Yeah, like flipped yeah. a switch somewhere yeah. in your genetic gook. Yeah, something like that. So <laughs> so then you have to then become your own pancreas, which is difficult because that's in like an autonomic system of your body, but now you have to use your brain to deal with all of that. So you have to inject yourself with insulin at an appropriate dosage for what you're doing. You have to check your blood sugar to know what your blood sugar is so that you know how much insulin to do. But then as you find out, like nothing is the same with diabetes day after day, because literally everything affects diabetes because it is like part of your autonomic body system. So like stress affects your blood sugar, exercise affects your blood sugar, hormones, like time of the year it is. I'm not even kidding. Like, (laughs) yeah, so pretty much. Everything affects your blood sugar, which is all just like the internal stuff. But then like now you have like the insulin pumps and the continuous glucose monitors. And like if those aren't working 100 percent, then you kind of have like those external issues that you're like, well, is my infusion set bad or is my CGM miscalibrated? So you have like some other like external factors now I have feel like to deal with in addition to just like not understanding what's going on in your body. So it's a lot of trial and error, but then you can't get too upset about it when it's not doing what you want it to do, because that will just make it worse. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that would never work for me. Crystal would struggle. I would be the worst type one diabetic ever. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, tricky. It's tricky. It sounds like it. I mean, I picture because I know very little. So I picture like these continuous glucose monitors and they're on you. So they just they're like, hey, pay attention. Do something now. Add some insulin. And that's all you got to do. Right. Like that, that's what oh, I that's picture. All. I know. Yeah. I know. Right. That's all. That was oversimplified. Right. And I was being very um, sarcastic. Well, So I would say like the addition of the continuous glucose monitors has been a real help because It's sort of like when you are pricking your finger to know what your blood sugar is, that's just a point in time. Like you don't know where it was five minutes before that, and you don't know what it's going to be doing. But the continuous glucose monitors have algorithms that help predict the trend of the blood sugar now. So first of all, like I can just see what it is and see where it's been. And there's like a line that kind of shows up and down, up and down kind of thing. And then it will also have predictions because it can read a trend of like how fast or how slow or that it's been going up or down. And so it will like predict like you're going to be going high or it will be predict you're going low and like at what rate. Like, so I'm talking about there's different versions. I think the gold standard at this point is the Dexcom G6 CGM. So it has like an arrow that will go up or down or double arrow down, double arrow up to tell you like how fast it's changing And that is what Robin wears, just in case anyone's wondering. And 
Everybody I... wants to know what Robin's wearing. That's, <laughs> I mean, I they know just that. do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Does Adidas yeah. make so. one of those? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's a lot easier to exercise now that we have this technology and it's really good at this point. Like it had been less good early on, obviously, and things get better over time. So yeah, I think that is what really helps her and everyone else in the Peloton community with type 1 diabetes like get ahead of what's happening so they can just enjoy themselves and exercise like everyone else does without I'm, diabetes. <laughs> so like doing something like a marathon or her ultra long distance marathons that Robin has done, those are probably pretty complex given that she has to constantly watch it. It's not like when I go for a run, if it's a really long run, I'm supposed to like eat some kind of snack every like 30 to 40 minutes, but she's probably got to watch it even more so because your your yeah. body's using that glucose as you're running. So that could affect your blood sugar even more, right? Yeah. When you eat something, there's the immediate, the glucose in your blood. And that's what you're reading when you check your blood sugar. So then when that stuff is or isn't used, it gets turned into the glycogen stores in your body. So like a non-diabetes person would be like concerned with not depleting their glycogen stores. So we have that as type one diabetics, we have that plus looking at like, what is our like right now free floating glucose in our blood number, because if that gets too low, the other stuff doesn't work as fast, like the glycogen stores and the liver releasing like its storage stuff. I don't know all the signs, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> so that stuff doesn't work as quickly. So that's why we need like to have fast acting sugar sources on hand, like raisins or glucose tablets, which are gross, chalky things that have sugar in them. Yeah. So fructose works a lot faster than like, say a chocolate bar, because that has all the fat and stuff in it. So you want to keep fructose based sources of sugar on hand when you're exercising. So what do you feel like people don't get right about type one diabetes? Like, what do you think the common misnomers are? <laughs> I think actually there's been a lot more education about it in more recent years where I think there had been a lot of like just getting type one and type two mixed up, which has always been frustrating. But I do feel like people are like somehow hearing more about it, maybe with like the Dexcom being in commercials on TV and like all that kind of stuff now. But just like, I think just not understanding that it is like, I am literally doing a function that my your body just does and how much goes into that like offhanded comments like maybe you shouldn't eat that or even just asking like what is your blood sugar like I will tell you but like also why do you need to know I don't know so it's just like there's also a fine line a lot of people have between like having it be out in the public just for like general education purposes but also like keeping it more to yourself because you want to feel normal or that it isn't really everyone's business. But then I think now with these things stuck all over us, like it becomes more <laughs> like people are wondering what that is. And I am the first to run up to anyone that has a Dexcom <laughs> stuck on their arm and be like, oh, you have a Dexcom, I have one too. Or like I see their insulin pump sticking out and I'm like, hey, I have that one too. And then like, I always talk to people. So I don't know. It's just a little tricky. Sometimes. Yeah, I, I'm sure it is. I worked with a gentleman who had type one diabetes and he had an insulin pump and it would always concern me. Like I would genuinely be concerned because it would start beeping 
And mm-hmm. like after the third beep, I'd be like, are you OK? Like, do you need yeah. anything? Because I don't want to just sit there and ignore it. Like that feels yeah. rude. <laughs> but like I get what you're saying. It's tricky. I honestly think people don't know what is okay and not okay because everyone's a little different. Yeah. And I think it probably depends on the person with diabetes too. Right. Exactly. Which makes it tricky for the non-diabetic because some people are just nosy and some people are like really just trying to make sure that they're okay. Yeah. (laughs) If you came to me with like a genuine concern about my pump is beeping and are you okay? Like I would not be upset about that. So, I mean, if I was severely low, like it's beeping and I'm not doing anything about it, then that means I probably do need help because what happens is when you have hypoglycemia, I mean, you may have experienced this, like after you exercise a whole bunch or something and you haven't eaten enough, like you feel spacey, but like it gets even worse. Like it could be like, my tongue is tingly. I'm spacey. I'm like sweating. And when it gets to like that point, a lot of times I'm like, just like, I don't know what to do. Then you're just like confused also is a symptom of low blood sugar. So like when it gets too low, like you do legitimately need help sometimes. And if someone is witnessing that, like it's totally reasonable to ask if they need help, I would say. (laughs) So do you have to change things up when you exercise? Do you have to take extra precautions Yes and no. So like it needs to be more planned out than like just on a whim. I have 10 minutes. That wouldn't matter. But if I had like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do it now. But like I had just given myself insulin. Like, so say I like ate something and I, it's called a bolus, an insulin bolus. Like I had bolus for the food and then I was going to exercise. Like I probably shouldn't exercise because The best thing to do is to exercise when you don't have any what's called insulin on board. So like you haven't just given yourself a bunch of insulin because you're going to, blood sugar is going to crash pretty much guaranteed. There are some differences with like aerobic exercise versus anaerobic exercise, which I'm not going to get into right now, but like that basically it's all trial and error. And most people find that like maybe exercising first thing in the morning but also eating something beforehand is a good idea. But yeah, it's a lot of trial and error. So you had mentioned that you have some big exercise related goals. What are they? Well, I guess I had some big exercise related goals that I met this past year. I haven't really set my new goals for oh, this okay. year. Oh, okay. What were your goals last year? Well, to ride outside. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. That is a big yeah. goal. That can be very intimidating it for can. people. So. It can. Yeah. yeah. So there was that. And so we signed up to do this metric century-ish. It was like 66 miles through the Colorado National Monument in September. And so I needed to eventually start riding outside in order to practice for that. And so I did that. I also signed up for Matt Wolper's training for just some like assistance with figuring out how to do that and not overtrain. Cause I think I tend to be more of a, we have to do this every day in order to get better, but really kind of need to take a few days off every week to really improve on things. So he helped me with that. So we did some Peloton training and then like around May, 
he was like, okay, you got to go outside. I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> and so then I did that. And then my husband broke his collarbone. Oh. Actually his second collarbone break. So ah. then that like derailed my outdoor riding for a little bit. But then I figured out another way that I could like go do this one bike path that goes between Denver and Boulder, Colorado. So it's a long ride. And so I did that on my own a lot, like just back and forth between Denver and Boulder. And that worked out and it actually has some elevation gain too. And I also did some riding on the roads at Red Rocks Amphitheater because it has a lot of ups and downs. So I did like hill work there because this thing in the Colorado National Monument, like it, all of the elevation gain was in the first like five miles essentially of the ride. And it was just like, what did we figure out? Like a six or 7% grade. So it was like pretty steep. So I had to definitely practice going uphill for that. So then eventually September came and we did that. And so I did that ride. And then a couple of weeks before that, I did like another metric century ride, like as practice sort of. And then a couple of weeks after that ride in the monument, I did another metric century. Oh. So then I did three metric centuries as my like this is how I'm ending the year thing last year. So. Wow. So you went from <laughs> zero to three and right in a row. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah Congrats. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, totally. <laughs> wow. Did you have any problem writing outside? And were you clipped in or not? Clipped in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because that can be intimidating all on its own. I mean, I was intimidated when I did that. For the yeah. First time. What was interesting was because I had written outside like a while ago when we were in DC, that's when I learned how to clip in outside. And that actually like, it was like muscle memory. And I really wasn't like after it took a couple rides before I was like totally comfortable again. But then I was like, oh, I'm fine. Like, this is not a thing. Like, I don't have to relearn how to do this. So like, that was really great to find out. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> how about coming down the hills? That can be also pretty intimidating. I, I would think that in Colorado, that would be fun. very intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> um, my husband also thought that like, I would be more scared and like riding the brakes going downhill, but I was not. Like, oh. I thought that part was really fun. So. <laughs> you little daredevil. <laughs> yeah. One of my first outdoor rides I did by myself here in Missouri, and we have big hills, but nothing, obviously, like Colorado. But there is this one hill, and I was just randomly driving around, so I had no idea where I was. And all of a sudden, I was on this place that was like, no biking on this hill like because it was like straight and then like it ended and you go straight into traffic so it's like coming down off of this ginormous hill and then you just go straight into traffic and i was <laughs> like oh i'm gonna die <laughs> which is why i don't like to go outside and ride <laughs> yeah that sounds scary yeah. <laughs> so you're still thinking about your goals for this year though yeah, I think there will be more outdoor writing again, because that did end up being a lot of fun last year. But I like how Peloton really did like set me up well for that. Like I was already like strong. It was just more like practicing, balancing on a bicycle, like that kind of thing more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. the moves yeah. less than the actual physical strength yeah. and stamina. You had that part down. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's great. Yeah. So what is your leaderboard name? It is Kim underscore Zinger. Zinger. I like nice. it. Yeah. yeah. So is that because you, you have zingers? You give people jokes all the time, <laughs> telling them off? <laughs> I try to. Uh, yeah. It was sort, of, sort of a nickname in high school. <laughs> That's fun. From yeah. marching band? No, actually my English teacher. <laughs> ah. 
And so do you have a favorite instructor or is it safe to say it's Matt Wilpers? <laughs> it's Christine oh. with Matt being in the top two. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So I did go to the studio back in the day for my birthday in 2019 and I rode I did a class with Christine on Saturday and then I did a class with Matt on Sunday. That was my birthday. And so I have pictures with both of them. That's, That's awesome. awesome. That's so great. You got to do both in the same weekend. You know, not all favorite instructors that we have are back to back in the same weekend. Yeah. So good for you. Glad that worked yeah. out. Who knows what it will look like <laughs> yeah. if we ever get to go back again. <laughs> I know. That's going to be a whole new world. <laughs> yeah. You have to learn to ride with a mask on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so do you have any advice for people who are just now getting their Peloton? Well, I would say the biggest thing is like, keep at it. Like, it's easy to get like really excited and then you want to do it all. And then you're like, I'm in a lot of pain. So I think like pace yourself <laughs> and know that it will hurt because if you're doing something that you've never done before, like exercise wise, like, yeah, you're going to be sore. And the saddle does take time to get used to. And I personally recommend padded shorts and bib shorts, especially are, are really great also. But I would say find what you like, but also try like it's all the same advice that's all you know. <laughs> okay. I don't have any new advice. Okay. I think definitely just like, oh, I can give advice for people with diabetes. Okay. There we go. There, I like Specifically. It. Yes. So like I was saying before, trial and error, but like also, you know, have food on hand so you don't have to like leave the bike. And if you have a continuous glucose monitor. Just keep checking it and like write down what you do. So then you can try to replicate that on subsequent rides, especially if you're like trying a different kind of ride. Like if you're doing a 45 minute ride versus a 30 minute ride or you're doing like a climb ride versus a, an endurance, I don't ride. Know, something else. Yeah. So like I would write down like what you do and what time of day and what you did before the exercise. And just kind of like keep a diary of that sort of stuff because it can help you with figuring out patterns and maybe what works better for you than something else. So that, that is good advice. That sounds like great yeah. advice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that could be applicable to other people too, but <laughs> <laughs> for diabetes purposes, I think that would be useful. Too. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us before we let you go. Where can people find you on the internet if you would like to be found? I'm mostly on Instagram, but I don't really post a ton. But on that, I am Kimberly Zingali. Awesome. Awesome. All one word. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Good to see you guys. Thank you. So I guess that brings this episode to a close. What, pray tell, do you have in store for people next week? Next week, we are going to talk to Nicole Ward, and she has a fun little story about Pelotons and paying it forward. And you just got to listen to hear the whole thing because it's really great. Awesome. Well, until then, where can people find you? People can find me on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Crystal D. O'Keefe. They can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, the uh, Peloton leaderboard. All the places at Clipout Crystal. And you can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. Find the show online, Facebook.com slash The Clipout. While you're there, like the page, join the group. And of course, don't forget our YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash The Clipout. So that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, keep pedaling. And running. And running.